Maybe today's the day I break 80 Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading No OB and no bogeys I gotta keep it on the 80, it's the gold Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to break 80 Break 80 This is a Break 80 Podcast Masters Recap Edition, episode number six. Stouds here and joined for our final pot of the week by my guy, short-sighted Mike. Mike, it's officially time for depression to set in. The climax of golf season has already hit. Where do we go from here? Well, it's, uh, or, or you can look at it this way, that golf season's officially started. But, uh, you know, another week, another win for Ted Scott. What can we say? <laughs> Ted Scott. You know what? I love your, I love your thinking. I'm kind of a glass uh empty half empty and you're kind of the glass half full it does mean that especially in minnesota when the masters is over usually our golf season is kind of officially here although weather doesn't seem like it's uh gonna let up here no terrible for a few weeks well we got a lot to discuss you know including ted scott and um before we get to that i want to give a couple shout outs these guys uh i've been listening to our pods all week um hunter sean drew and dan dan is from leave the the pin podcast. I thought I'd give that, that podcast yeah. a little yeah, shout yeah. out. But uh, yeah, they've been listening all week. So appreciate it guys. Um, as we wrap up our final one from the masters, um, let's start with uh, the man himself, uh, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, to me, it seemed like he had kind of a nervy start. He kept pulling his drives, which I think if he hits a normal shot, it's usually a, a fade. So you yeah. kind of thought, boy, he's, he's really nervous right now. And then all of a sudden you look up and after three holes, he's minus one. Yeah, he's a definitely a fade guy because but like we talked about last night, if he's got to hit the draw on like 13, he looks like a guy just at the regular Muni. Uh, it's pretty <laughs> wild, but well, and then Cam goes birdie birdie. And I thought, here we go. Let's go. Yeah, that that was quite the turn. And we'll, and we'll get to Cam too, because I mean, you know, after he does that, you basically think it's uh, it's game on. But that that chip in from from Scotty was high level stuff. I mean, that shot looked nearly impossible and that you can imagine as a player that is there a shot that could calm you down any more than that? Just holding a, a shot that you weren't probably even expecting to get up and down on. And now you're, yeah. you're moving with the three. And that's the turning point I think is, and you hate to say the turning point was hole three, but uh, from that point on, Scheffler was pretty much in command and cam, obviously everybody's going to look at hole 12 with being the big mistake too. But after that chip in, it was just kind of deflating for him, I think. I don't know how else to put it. I found this really fascinating. This is uh, Kyle Porter tweeted this. He said that Scotty told him that he cried like a baby this morning due to how stressed he was and that he wasn't ready for the moment. Um, I thought that was, you know, the way he looks when he plays, he doesn't feel like he's that kind of a guy. Not very emotional, doesn't really get high, doesn't really get too low. So somebody like that saying that they can't handle their emotions is telling you the size of this tournament and how much it means to everybody yeah yeah i mean it's he looks he looks like he's out he's playing golf in a coma pretty much out there you know he's just seems like he's never phased by anything but i would say outside, of, outside of the old four jack on 18 he didn't really show you know he had some bad he had some bad drives but 
outside of that, he just doesn't, he didn't really, he was unflappable. Our, our guy, Smiley Kaufman tweeted about that. I think he tweeted that, uh, four putts to win by three and still win by three is everybody's dream at Augusta, the four putt 18 and win by three still. That's definitely an alpha move right there. Yeah. Well, he had four rounds under par and I, I don't know. Um, you know, you look at a lot of guys maybe had a good round here, you know, a, a bad round here, a good round kind of up and down. He's just super consistent. And, you know, if you, if you have kind of my take on this whole tournament is in my opinion, it was kind of a snoozer. And it was just because of the fact that he was playing so well that there wasn't really any drama a little bit here and there, but outside of, you know, after, after he had a five shot leave after Friday, you know, he just, playing so well that not many guys are going to be in contention with them at that point. So I don't know, as a, as a take, I feel like this was kind of a more average, maybe below average masters due to that. It's, um, you yeah, know, it's it, obviously good golf, but it had the steam on Thursday because tiger tiger played well. And then tiger didn't play well the rest of the time. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. I know. I think if, if he doesn't chip in on three and it's a, you know, it's a one stroke, you know, and cam gets up and down there for par two and it's a one stroke difference, then we're, then we're talking a different story, but that was kind of, that's kind of sealed the deal right there. I was fascinated to speak of that shot. I, what I found crazy about it was there's they're in the same exact spot and Scheffler goes first, plays the low bump and runner with a bunch of top spin uh, makes it. So Cam Smith, who you would think almost would have the template for how to do it or get it close, he does the opposite, and he's he flies it all the way past the hole, and, you know, and it goes by like fifteen, whatever, sixteen feet, and he misses the putt coming back. I thought that was kind of fascinating. Just the I don't know if it's a shot he's not comfortable with, or but you know, as an Aussie, like you think he would have that shot in his bag. I mean, he's got some of the best short game. I don't know if he just thought he saw something different and he could, you know, spin one like land on the green and spin one close. Yeah, like obviously, he's, I mean, he's not thinking he needs he needs to make, but he's probably thinking at that point, okay, I need to make a par. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, yeah. I just <clears throat> the dude has now won four out of his last six. He's said we've you know we've talked about at this point now he's setting an historic pace. I don't know, you know, where does this end? Does this run end? Does this run continue on? I mean, you would think as a person that's won this much, at some point they just kind of sit down and kind of let their competitive juices settle a little bit and, and maybe give it some time. I don't know. What do you think? Well, historically speaking, he he's on a tear. He has four wins in 52 days <laughs> or something like that. And I think that's what it is like 52 days. Um, what else did I see today? His first 62 starts as a pro, he had zero wins, but he had made like eight and a half million or something. His last nine with Ted Scott he has four wins and nine million. He's made more in the last nine starts than he did his whole career up to this point. But um, he's been on a tear besides the wins. Even he got T seven at Genesis. Um, it has happened in the in the not so distant past. Uh, in 2017, Justin Thomas won five times. In 2015, Jason Day and Jordan Spieth both won five times, but they didn't get their fifth win until August and September. He's got four and we're not even halfway through April. So, you know, I'm just talking calendar year. We're not even talking about the, whatever the end of last year, that weird schedule they do on the tour. So yeah, he's who knows. Um, I would say, I, I guess until he has any sort of sign of slowing down, I, I don't, I mean, people, we, we talk about these guys, you know, there's, a, there's been quite a bit of parody on the PGA tour, you know, ever since, 
some of the, you know, everybody kind of has their dominating moments and we've got a lot of number one players in the world recently. You know, it's one of those things you kind of in the back of your head, think this run will end at some point, you know, he's going to have a hard time winning again because the, and not only has he won four times the events that he's won, like he's not winning the John Deere. He's not winning. He's winning WGCs. He's winning now a major he's winning. You know, a lot of people play the waste management. Uh, yeah. Bay Hill. I mean, and like, and he's winning in different kinds of golf courses. Yeah, you know? Bay Hill was firm and fast. Um, Scottsdale is usually one where you guys got to go low. Um, he got T seven at the Genesis, which is a classic country club kind of track. I mean, I just think he. I don't know if if you would classify him on tour as being the best at anything. You know, he puts really well. He's a good putter. Uh, but I just don't, I also don't think he's, po- he's bad at anything, you know, by tour standards, he's very solid in every aspect of the game. He doesn't seem to have any real, real weakness, at least right now. And, and he can play, it seems like in any conditions too. So that's another, you know, key. So if you, you know, you think about playing the old course and let's say there's tough weather or, you know, there, there's just, he doesn't seem to have anything that would, would phase him. Well, that gets me to the next point. Grady Cobb has asked, online he asked us a question how many majors do you think scotty wins this year hmm we got we got southern hills and we got brookline and then the old course which i have to call my home course that's what we get to call those ones that have played at the home course <laughs> okay, once, okay. once you play it you claim it as, as your own um i don't know i i don't know i don't southern hills has been redone um I don't know. He seems to be the kind of guy that would set up well for a, a U.S. Open kind of course, doesn't he? Because he putts well, he chips pretty well. It's well, I remember little... too, like he he also gave it a run at Harding Park. Yep. He was, yep. Uh, I think he top five there. I mean, that was one of his first majors I think he'd played in. He did. Yeah, that was the Morikawa win, yeah. Yes. So I don't even know. I don't even think course really matters with him. I just, I, I think, in my opinion, I think he – and this is just, uh, again, we, nobody knows, but I, I would say like to me, two would be as I think is max. Probably yeah. one winning three or four, but it's so hard to tell. I mean, obviously he's a great player and he's for sure the clear best player in the world right now, but it's like, has he caught lightning in a bottle or is he that, you know, good? Cause you, you look at it, he's, he's played, what has he played? 70 some events now as a pro or something like that. And he's just finally won the last four, the last six. But he's on quite a streak. I don't know. And and to kind of go along with that, Brandon asks, does he move the needle? No, yeah. I'm gonna say no. Yeah. I would agree with that one just because his his personality is like you know, great guy. He's having fun. He doesn't, he's not a spaz on the course, but I just feel like to move a needle, you need a little bit of uh like today, uh, Rory moved the needle. Yeah, there's something about it, whether it be personality, whether it be, I don't know. And it's not a knock on him. It's just kind of the, who he is. But I don't think he's a, new, uh, a needle mover, in my opinion. No, I think um, even like before today and probably even after today, he could walk down the street in a lot of places and nobody would know who he is. I mean, he's wearing Tiger's shoes. I find that to be fascinating. Um, but. Yeah, I think, you know, Rory moves the needle, you know, like, like today, you know, I was, I was even saying it watching on TV, like, why the hell are we watching every shot of Rory's? Like, he's just lighting it up right now. Um, you know, guys like that, maybe a 
there aren't that many that do really any, you know, maybe DJ once in a while or Justin Thomas, but I think uh, not to get off of Scheffler, I think Rory when he's playing well is outside of Tiger, the biggest needle mover there is on to, out there to me anyway. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's just gotta be something more to you. And, and, you know, down the line, you know, we, we get to know him a little bit more, maybe, maybe a little bit, but I just don't see it a big time uh, needle mover, but um, let's go to Cam Smith. Uh, you know, we kind of thought he'd give him a run a little bit. I, I think we both called that that Scheffler would walk away with the jacket, but and he did. When he comes out and makes birdie birdie, um, and Scheffler goes par par. By the way, number one was a heck of a par. I don't know how he yep. was off the shot, but I I I mean I thought, boy, this is going to be this is turning fast. And you you wonder if Scotty Scheffler's heart starts beating faster, and then he yanks one left and on three and um and then obviously he chips in i feel like that kind of deflated cameron cam smith and ever since that he was just super inconsistent really i mean really got i mean really bad that's the worst i've seen him play i know he ended up shooting like 73 or whatever he shot but um he had some really bad swings and was in some really bad places uh you know he was still kind of hanging around till 12 and i suppose he's probably going at that pin but that wasn't even close. That didn't even get up on the bank. Oh, um, he knew that one right away. That was yeah, that was the swing that he he wants back for sure. And he got really leaky with the driver. But, yeah, he had a little pulls. Uh, you know, I I couldn't believe his recovery shot on ten, and then he ended up missing actually missing the putt, which was surprising to me. I thought he'd make that, and then he ends up birding eleven. Birding eleven does not happen very much out there. Then so, you know, he kind of had a little bit, and then we did we just didn't get that back nine. Uh, scare that we normally get and and uh you know that's credit to shuffler but let's talk about rory i think he kind of stole the show i think each kind of day has its storyline and yeah we want to give shuffler props for how well he played but rory gave it a half cut of run today i think he was was he eight under eight under par today oh uh, yeah 64 64 i mean that's that's his best run of augusta his best finish he backdoor instead of backdooring top 10 he backdoor top two top two that's his best all-time finish because 2011 he blew up I mean, no one loves a weekend at Augusta like Rory besides 2012, obviously. Didn't, didn't finish how you'd hope, but yeah, he just started uh, too far back, uh, you know, and, and if he was just kind of in the, in the mix a little bit, you know, maybe those roars early could have gotten, you know, ruffled Scheffler's feathers a little bit, but yeah, you just can't be, you know, I think he was nine shots back to start the day or something like that, 10 even. Yeah, I don't know who's the most, who would you call the most talented player in the world right now, but I do know when when Rory is playing aggressively and just kind of letting her fly and letting her loose, I don't think anybody's better than him. You know, you look at some of those years where he was winning majors by a bunch. I know like Congressional had soft conditions, but if he gets ahead ever where he can just kind of relax and and play a little bit, he's he'll keep the foot on the gas with the driver too. He just lets it rip. Um, but I think something with Augusta, he just can't, I don't know. Of course, he hasn't really been competitive in the majors. That's his best major finish in a while. Yeah, he, like you said, I think I think when he finds himself, you know, somewhere in the back half of the of the leaderboard, he, he typically kind of hangs, hangs around and makes the cut on the number, you know, so right around the number, and then just goes nuts on the weekend. He just has no, he can relax. He probably in his mind thinks he's not going to win, so he's just going to go out there and have fun and freewheel it. And all of a sudden, he finds himself 
having more fun, getting aggressive, making putts, and all of a sudden, here he is. Well, I, I hope this was a little bit of springboard for him, maybe, because I've said this before, but I don't know if there's any better ambassador for golf than Rory McIlroy. Obviously, he's got the natural talent, and he's been a phenom, but, you know, he's never an asshole out there. He's always, you know, he's a good person, it seems like, and he's he having, like, today he was having fun. Him and Morikawa on 18 are awesome. Um, but I just, I think he's a generally good dude. And I think it's, he's good for the game of golf when he's, when he's up at the top of the world rankings, like he has been and really should be if we're talking talent wise. So, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, because Scheffler kind of was in cruise control, we didn't get a lot of, you know, drama, but that, that finish on 18 for the boys, Morikawa and Rory, that was something else. Those two guys birding from the, the greenside bunker actually got some people jacked up and i know i was smiling the whole time watching those guys having a blast so good to see him smile and sometimes i feel like he i don't know if he puts too much pressure on himself but he you know you could see he's he's been emotional before when he's been interviewed at you know i think it was Ryder cup this year wasn't it i think so he got kind of emotional i think golf can overwhelm him at sometimes because he is such a great ambassador and um, when he's having fun out there i think he's he's fun to watch for sure without without question i mean when he's locked in like that he had a couple putts. He could have made. He could have been sixty-two. Well, two. He missed a little. It's a little nibber, right? Yeah. But yeah, I guess there's a lot of could have, could have, should have. Well, that Tiger kind of wrapped up his his major, and I guess for anybody out there, it was just fun to see him hit shots. I mean, realistically, was he actually going to win the tournament? I think he thinks he he might have been able to, but man, watching him walk those last couple of days was seemed like he was laboring quite a bit. Yeah, he talked. I was just watching before we taped here on some of his interview, and he talked about um, how rusty he was, but more so how how his stamina was so poor, and how out you know physically it was a really rough um, a rough four days for him. But that's what gets me thinking again. If there's another course in the world that he knows and could possibly contend, the old course, uh, he's won there twice. He loves it. You know, it's like his favorite course or whatever in the world. He said today. And um, it's super flat. He can walk that one, you know, pretty easily. So who knows? Yeah, I, I, I kind of just, I'd like to know what, what he, I mean, he, he basically in an interview committed to playing there, but what his schedule is going to be. I mean, is he, he's probably going to take some time to recover, I would guess. Um, will he play in Southern Hills? I would say. Where he won there in 2007. So yeah, another one is that, is he going to play in that? So. I would have, he's got a month, you know, he's got a month now to try to get a little health, whatever. I don't, I don't even know if, I don't know if it's like, is his leg ever going to be, is it a thing where it's going to be chronic, like pain like this, where he's going to always have to do all this physio before he plays, or is he going to, does another month, like even farther into recovery help him? I don't know. Yeah. I guess that one's outside of, I don't, I, yeah, it's out of my jurisdiction. I have no idea what, no what idea. is, what is walking, what his thing is there, but. He definitely, definitely probably will take a, a little while off and then start practicing again. And I, I would, would be surprised if he doesn't try to play, you know, in any major that he can. So maybe, maybe Woody Austin will call him up and see if they want to have another <laughs> duel again at Southern Hills. For those of you who don't get that one, Woody Austin was second place at the uh, PGA championship that year. Yeah. I, I just like him smiling out there. I thought it was fun watching him walk down 16 with, with Rom and they were giggling and just kind of seeing Tiger on the course. I mean, for anybody out there that's probably, I don't know, 10 years or younger, 
haven't got to see him kind of do his thing outside of 2019. So yeah, it's been, you know, that's, that's, that stuff there. Like, like, you know, I didn't really get to watch Jack play, you know, I didn't really watch him in any of his glory. I can't really say that I was a big golf fan back then. And so anybody that's able to just watch him a little bit now, or, you know, how much we get more of tiger, who knows, but uh, definitely fun to see him uh, play in the masters. I'm actually, you know, I've having watched all four rounds, um, a lot of Tiger for shoot. I watched almost all of it. Um, I'm pretty fascinated that he shot one under the first day. It was, yeah, 71, right? Yeah. Because the other days, like if you watched him, his chipping and putting and stuff, he did not have the kind of Tiger touch, you know, that you're used to. Like I watched him today. I don't even remember what hole it was. He was above the hole chipping. You know, and obviously it's a tough chip, but he, he, he ran it by like 30 some feet and then he made the comeback up the hill. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I saw that. He, yeah. He to put it. Or maybe, maybe put it. Yeah. I don't know. Put it and just see, yeah. I, I can't remember if that was whole, what was that? Like 14, maybe, or 17 or something you know, like that. Stuff that was that, the back nine. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff you're just not used to seeing him do. Uh, so I think he's got some cleaning up to do, but you know, no one's going to work hard. You know, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to, you know, he said on his interview that he's going to take some days off, but I bet you he's putting tomorrow. Yeah. More likely. Well, as putter would tell you that he probably is. I mean, who else has a, mar- a mark on the yeah. sweep like he does? Well, well few, anything else, anything else master? Why? I got a few other, few other tidbits for everybody here. Ted Scott. And I'm not really even a Ted Scott guy. I'm more of an anti-Bubba guy. So I, so I feel good for Ted Scott now. He has made, you know, somewhere around uh, this this year alone, from January 1st to April, whatever it is, 10th today, if if it's like a standard 10%, he's made like 875 grand already on Scotty Scheffler, which that's is just crazy to me. Yeah, that is, that's a heck of a... And they look like they're having fun. I mean, he sometimes when he's when he was cattling for Bubba, he just looked miserable, basically get me off the course. And now he's, you know, he's got a guy that, they seem to be a great partnership at this point. And you think. So I got, I got a few other things. I don't know if anybody watched this today, but this is a quick uh, architecture history kind of story. It was on, it might've been the master's preview or the golf channel. I can't remember, but anyway, they were talking about how Augusta was almost a Donald Ross course and not a McKenzie. And the story went that it, it, they started. So the story goes from Augusta to Omaha, Nebraska, or some guy named, I think it was Johnny Goodman or something, is an amateur golfer, really good amateur. And he is he is going to play in the 1929, I believe it was, US Am at Pebble Beach. But he got his he got his application in 10 days late. So he goes out there and he has to plead with like the USGA to let him play. And they let him play that he gets in to the US Am. He, he gets through qualifying or whatever. And he ends up playing Bobby Jones in the first round of match play. And he beats Bobby Jones <laughs> like, like two and one or something or one up. Well, up until that point, Bobby Jones had spent a lot of time at Pinehurst and he was, um, you know, he had been talking to Don Ross a bunch about, you know, this golf course he's building in Georgia and all that. And then I, apparently what happened is when Bobby Jones gets beat right away in the am, you know, instead of having much, bunch of extra days to play, he ends up going around the peninsula a little bit and he gets to Cypress point and he starts talking with Alistair McKenzie, who we had previously known, I think, but they get talking more and more and more and they develop this relationship. And that's how McKenzie ends up doing Augusta. Um, 
which Mackenzie, by the way, in my opinion, is the goat of all the designers. But um, so, you know, crazy story would be that if Bobby Jones doesn't get beat by some guy from Omaha, it might be a Don Ross course, which would look a lot different than what it does now currently. Um, Cause Don Ross has distinct kind of templates and everything that he used. Um, but crazy story there for anybody that's interested in the history of that. The other thing about the golf course that I found fascinating was they took all of the sod off like last year, um, except for the greens. And they put like 18 inches of sand under it. And then they laid it all back down and, you know, in like the off season or whatever they do it. And then you watch today, like when Scheffler was chipping on like 13 or 15 or all those holes, it looked like it was AstroTurf. It didn't even look real. It was so pristine and perfect. And I'm like, holy shit, that's just crazy to me. Um, what can be done with enough money and technology and everything, I guess. Um, yeah, that course, that course definitely has an aura about it. Just, I mean, and it's so, you know, it's a course that very few people will ever play. So it just kind of keeps that, um, I don't know what word for it, but you, you're just not going to ever, they just do a great job of making sure that this course is, is going to be everybody's dream. You, you know, yeah. I, I don't think how, how else, I mean, and then, and resodding it. I mean, are you kidding me? Going back yeah. to the course and resodding it. I got, uh, a, I got a buddy that was down there. He went to Friday and today. And of course you can't get anything during the day from, cause he's, the kid doesn't have a cell phone on him, but I was just texting him back and forth. And he said, just like, it's like a surreal place uh, when you go. Um, the one thing I want to bring up though, is here's a, it's a good, what if question. There was not an Eagle on 15 this week. Uh, first time since 1965 or 66. Um, they backed that tee box up like 20 or 25 yards. Does that make this more or less interesting of a finish? You know, I would rather, I would rather see potential Eagles. I mean, yeah. that, that is such a hard come, you know, when you're coming in with three woods versus, uh, you know, four or five irons, you, you just get guys that don't want to even try it. I mean, no, I think layup, beca layup became the play. Layup play, and actually a lot of people that it, it even became a non birdie hole because the, the layup is so hard. I mean, yep. not the layup, the, uh, the third shot is so hard. So like it kind of was one of those deals where it's like in past years, you thought, all right, well, he's got 15 still too. Whereas this year, did you see a lot of guys? I mean, no taking advantage of a par five because it's just, it was a little bit too long. So I hope in the future, maybe on Sunday, they move it back up a little bit just to tempt guys at least to go for it and everything. So it's a tough shot. You know, to go for it in two, there's not a lot of room there, but yeah, and they like shifted it too. Like you could, there was like some sort of shift with it as, so that you couldn't quite. I mean, the angle is different as well off the tee box. Um, a lot of those guys try to hug that left side, but then you have those trees that get in the way and then you got to go over them. So yeah, it did turn into a much of a layup, layup fest. Well, Math Masters 2022, congrats, Scotty Scheffler. Um, I guess, uh, until next year, huh? Yep. And our, our picks, if anybody's wondering. Yeah, yeah. What about our picks? How'd they end up? Uh, let's see here. I had Cantley and Fitz. So I had uh, 53. We went total places for our two golfers. I had 53. You had Rombo, who played well today. And, and, he, and Tiger apparently talked to him some. So they were, he was getting tips. Yeah, okay. He was all bitchy about that. And then, and then Horschel, of course, he was a hitter off, hitter off week. So you had, he was 43rd. Ram was T27. She had 70 places. And Tim's our winner. Tim had Cam Smith, T3, and Max Homa, who T43, but that was still good for 46 places to squeeze by me. Well, I will say this. I think I won the day. 
think I had the, I had both guys in red figures. So I'm just going to yep. take a small victory there and just say, you know what? One, one yeah. week at a time. We'll get next week. So Tim's got one. We'll go. Tim's got one win. Tim's got we'll one, yep. masters. And let's, let's, let's slide into our, our next thing. Whereas we just kind of do a little preview of the RBC heritage. Um, that's next week. Uh, I think Stewie Scott won it last year and actually pretty convincing fashion. If I remember right. Do we sink? Do we sink? Yeah. What I say? <laughs> Stewie Scott. Yes, dude. I think you're, I think you're thinking about my guy Adam, who I saw today had this shitty outfit on again. Anyway, he one day with the one day looking normal and shooting any went right back to like the weird monochrome colors of all different of the same color thing. Which is uh, I guess quick um, Stewie Stewie Sink uh, story. I saw him in the I saw him in the uh, airport once, and it was a week. It was the week of the um tpc so i thought oh he's gonna play in the tpc right that's why that's why he's there so I, he's he's in the airport and i say hey he's you know i said hey Stuart, i think i call him Stuart, but um good luck this week you know kind of thing and he just kind of nodded at me and kept kept walking and then i come to find out I don't, he wasn't in the field i don't know if he had to try to monday qualify or what he probably shot he probably shot like uh he probably shot like 64 at victory links and didn't get in because you have to shoot like a 62 to get in. He's like, who's this dick? <laughs> <laughs> I so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, what about the golf course? Uh, well, it's 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 a pretty unique golf course for the uh, PGA Tour winning, especially when it comes to trying to pick players because it's it's short, it's tight. It's got the small screens on tour. Um, so basically the field is wide open. You know, a lot of times you play on a tour event, there's a kind of a prerequisite of a certain yardage. You got to be able to hit it, but shit, man, anybody could, you know, usually a lot of the winners are Luke Donald and dirt, McGirt, William, William McGirt and, uh, yeah. guys, you know, it's typically a ball strikers course. So get out the old two iron and let it rip down the fairway, huh? Yeah. But it's all right. Local. Well, the field's full. There's like, it's, uh, as of right now, some of these guys might withdraw, you know, we're taping this Sunday night of the masters, but Cam Smith, Justin Thomas, speed, DJ Cantley, Morikawa, Jocko Neiman, who played pretty well this week. Uh, Corey Connors, Abe answer all kinds of people. That's what makes it so hard. You just, when you, when you make picks and stuff, when you try to think about who's going to play well, you know, a lot of guys are put a lot of energy into this week, a lot, you know, just not probably getting as much sleep as they're used to um you know mentally just grinding over the masters and you know grinding over trying to two putt these greens like crazy is is difficult so you kind of wonder uh who's got any gas in the tank left yeah you don't i don't if my memory serves me right here you don't see a lot of the big time names play really well this week because they might play but it's just kind of a you know we just got out the masters they're playing just they don't give a shit really well, and a lot of the big time players are are the longer variety. They usually yeah. are fives alive, and and this course doesn't really set up like that. So, with that being said, let's do our let's do our picks. We're not going to do a, a sleeper this week. We're just going to do a pick to win. Straight winner. Who do you got? Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, a guy that's kind of just been flirting. He has zero PGA Tour wins, so this is kind of thinking a little bit outside the box. He's not won a PGA Tour yet, but he he's just always there makes a lot of cuts. I think he sets up well for a course like this sneaky. And he's not, you know, he's not. So people think of him as not very long, but I think he's got a little sneaky long to him, which you don't really need to be here, but he's a very straight hitter. I feel like a good putter loves to leave the flag stack flag stick in. 
Um, yeah, Maddie Fitzpatrick is my is my pick. So your sleeper from last week, I'm gonna go with yeah with uh, playing well this week. He uh, he's not a guy that you know. Obviously, he's not to the same level as Scheffler, but he he's almost the kind of guy. He's older, I think, than Scheffler. Probably, maybe not. He maybe he only played one year at Northwestern, but he's kind of on that same trajectory. I feel like as Scheffler, as soon as yeah. he wins one time, I feel like he's gonna be a guy that's gonna win because he doesn't yeah. seem to have any real major you know, deficiency in his game. He's a very well-rounded player. Um, but he definitely he does, looks younger than Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Just, yeah. He just, he just has one knock on him and I just can't, I, if I would have known this, I would not have picked him. He wears fucking sketchers and you know, like him and Cooch, <laughs> I just can't, I can't take him. Um, Tim, Tim is, by the way, Tim is in Oregon this week. So he's not here. Uh, he just texted me today that they had a couple inches of snow in, uh, band where they were going to play, I don't know, Tethro, whatever. He'll tell us next week, probably. But um, he got on to Bandon. So he's going to play tomorrow. They're going to play the Sheep Ranch and Pacific Dunes. So he'll have some stories, I'm sure, for everybody next week about that. He's going to take Morikawa, ball striker. Going to go on a limb there, huh? Yeah, yeah, real limb for the best maybe iron <laughs> player in the world. I'm going to take Corey Connors. Um, I know he played well at the Masters. So he might be a little bit spent, but I kind of also feel like he's one of those guys. He has won before, but he's looking to win more. And he's uh, stroked in off the tee seventh. And in greens and regulation, he's third in percentage hit on tour. So he should be a good course for him. I think he got T4 there last year. But I'm kind of with you on this one. I, I watch a little bit of it, but it doesn't doesn't do a lot for me. Yeah. And is, is Connors an RBC guy too? He might be. I don't know. He's Canadian. They, they, I, feel they, like I feel like that's kind of got a little, a little that's played in played in uh, on the winner in the past too. A lot of these guys that are RBC. Oh yeah. You know, isn't it? Cause isn't, isn't the Canadian open an RBC thing? Too? Yeah. There's also an RBC as well. Yes. Yeah, so man, maybe man. there's a connection there. There we go. That's my guy. Now we got a Canuck. <laughs> He's from Ontario somewhere. All right. Uh, as we, you know, we've had kind of a long week here. Our, our final topic today's pod is the, Final four, the uh, final four of our Minnesota public golf. We've had a blast doing it. Um, have lo- had a lot of interaction with our, with our listeners and followers on, on Instagram and whatnot. So we've had a pleasure doing it. We're going to finish it up now um, going through our, our final four and then our championship. Um, if you think back, we, we were doing this a couple of weeks ago before I, I left for Florida, but our, our final four was the greater state Corey versus the wilderness. And then the Metro was the Troy Byrne versus stone ridge um i don't have the numbers with me i can't remember off the top of my head but i think Corey ended up edging the wilderness by uh, quite a bit i thought i don't think it was super close in that one i think the other one was a little bit closer does that surprise you at all that that Corey kind of beat up um, there well i wilderness is one of the few good courses i have not played him in so that's way to help i played the quarry but it's been a long time um it does and it doesn't I think uh, from from people I talk to, they there's a decent amount of people that like the wilderness better. Um, yeah, for sure. But I think a little bit of this is probably reputation. Um, you know, the quarry's got the reputation now for the last at least 15 years, probably where it's been ahead of the classic and it's the best, Yeah. Um, you know, in all the rankings, public course. Uh, and I think some people that might have voted just going off the pictures, you know, the quarry's got some yeah. pretty... I mean, the wilderness does too, but some of the holes at the quarry are pretty dramatic looking like the drivable par four one and, you know, yeah, 
and, and I played both last summer. So I, I kind of, when I think back to both of them, I think the, in my opinion, the wilderness had better greens. So the green, the, the undulations and the greens and the speeds of the greens, I thought wilderness was, was ahead of the game in that, in that department, but the Corey had the, um, the views and the elevated tee boxes and the landing zones that were below you. And like a little bit more, maybe, I don't know, appeasing for the eye. I mean, not much. I mean, the wilderness has some, have some great things too, but I just thought it gives you a little bit, it gave you more of elevation changes and stuff like that. Yeah. Same Fuck. designer, same designer for all of them, for both those two and okay. the legends, same guy did them all. I mean, they're cut out of beautiful properties. I don't think you can go wrong playing either of them. So it's interesting to see what, what was going to happen there. And then the Corey ended up um, edging, edging out the wilderness. And then we had a little bit tighter of a, of a matchup. I know you were pulling for your, your stone Ridge, but Troy Byrne ended, ended up, uh, I think that was a, a 55 45 kind of a score. Yep. Cinderella story, Cinderella story, Stone Ridge. Uh, I love Stone Ridge, but Troy Burns great track too. I just, I just, uh, um, I haven't played Troy Burns in a while, but I'll get back to probably this year, but something about Stone Ridge uh, I really love is it just seems like it's one of those golf courses where you can play different kind of shots, you know, and, and it maybe certain times forces you to hit some different kind of shots too. Um, but I think in, depending on the wind and everything, the greens are always firm and fast. You can kind of, you can do some things that you don't get a lot of places. Um, but I don't know. That's just me being biased. Cause I like, I like, I like Stone Ridge so much, but, uh, Troy Burns good too. It's tough that you can't beat either of them. Yeah. I think there are two courses that you, you could play quite a bit and not really yeah. get sick. Of. I mean, I know Stone Ridge, you could play it one day and then two days later, it could be a totally different golf course because of the wind. And you can put pins in a lot of different spots to make it a, a totally different golf course yeah. there. And I know Trey Burns the same. I think when I played Trey Burn in the fall, I just thought it had a lot of, um, a lot of character. I just, especially heading to the back nine, I thought there's a lot of fun character on. Yeah. I have to get back. I got to get back there. I think you do. I think we got to, I think we got to play around out there. I think uh, 120 bunkers. You got your bunker game. Is it, is it pretty tight? Oh, yeah. Uh, green. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. Right bunkers. I'm not afraid you're of bunkers. Excited. You're not scared. I'm yeah. just, no, you're hell no. I'm in shitty situations all the time. So, uh, uh, I, yeah, I think, you know, Troy Bird was built to be like a championship tournament kind of golf course when they when they built it and i think what layman group built it and then um they hosted what was the nationwide tour uh then yep. you know at the cornford tour they had a couple of years of that before it was maybe it was that summer be first and then try burner vice versa but it was it was, say, uh, it was wanna, built I, for that i want to say that uh a follower jack he's telling me that he at that nationwide event i'm pretty sure he said he caddied for charlie hoffman Oh, really? Man, he should have stuck with it. He could have been on the leaderboard of multiple masters. Charlie Hoffman's back in the field, though. Shout out to Jack. Yeah, shout out to Jack. So, um, and then, uh, so then you go to Corey winning, winning, uh, Corey winning and and Troy Byrne winning. So then we get the championship, which again, I I didn't know which way this was going to go, because if you think about it, more people probably have played Troy Byrne because it's a Metro. It is. And we, we know this, it is in Wisconsin. Yeah, that, that could have played that could have played a factor. The Minnesotans came, the Minnesotans came out and they had too much pride. You cannot win pride. a Wisconsin course beat no, our hell Minnesota. No. Hell no. We get that enough with Packers versus Vikings crap. So yep. Corey ended up edging out. I, I I don't know quite, I don't have the numbers again in front of me, but I think it was it wasn't it wasn't as close as 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 you would have thought. So Corey wins. Um 
So with that being said, we we kind of we want to throw this out to our listeners, Mike. What was the idea you came up with? Well, we just kicked out around an idea of I know you live in Buffalo, you know, that's a, we'll call it a greater state, a greater okay. state uh, municipality. <laughs> and uh, I live in Minnetonka, so we'll call that a metro. I don't, or out, you know, one thing I, one thing I, you know, somebody can message me on Instagram, sure. Why is it, why is outstate wrong? Why, why can't it be outstate? I've always called it, I grew up people way up by Bemidji, as outstate as outstate gets. And <laughs> I've always called it outstate. I've never heard greater state until like, this this damn poll but um anyway anyway i i thought we would set up or try to set up see if we can get up to like the quarry or whatever the wilderness the winning you know the quarry the winning course maybe get on the wilderness too in the legends um and do a some sort of rider cup style uh greater state versus metro and i could captain the metro and you captain the greater state and we'll see if we get you know eight (coughs) ten twelve fourteen people and go up there for maybe three days and do a bunch of um, uh, four ball and probably probably two man scramble because I know you know in true Ryder Cup you do alternate shot. Yeah, I feel like people don't like that as much because then you're you know you're not hitting you're not hitting as many shots and if you do if you do a four ball you can keep your own score and then of course the last day do some singles handicap it all so it's you know we got we got it somewhat even and somebody's maybe a high handicap or it doesn't get excluded yeah. that way or something but we could i'm sure we could set up something for this summer i know they have big like uh giants ridge has a pretty big like cabin kind of things that sleep like i don't know 10 12 people or something uh we have something for us to look into if listeners have any interest in that yeah i think that'd be a lot of fun um yeah the the organization part would have to would have to probably start kicking kicking the tires here over the next little bit so i don't know if you listen to this and you've got some interest in that maybe hit us up and say hey i think that'd be kind of a good time uh you know team team short-sighted versus team break 80 and oh yeah yeah see see kind of how that works out i think that'd be a lot of fun yep you gotta get ready for analytics if you're on my squad because i'm gonna be (laughs) actually i don't actually i don't play at all like that i never even think about anything other than the swing as hard as I can, but. Well, I think that's all we got for this week. Uh, we try to give you the much, as much content as, as you can, if you could, you know, head to our, head to our break 80 podcast um, site and give us a, a ranking or, you know, if you could subscribe at least so that, you know, when we, when we send one out, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, I know we have a lot of fun doing it. Um, hopefully you have a lot of fun listening to it. I don't know about you, Mike. Um, I'm going to go to bed and listen to the master's theme song, kind of put me to sleep tonight. <laughs> so I can wake up refreshed and, and ready to go for the week. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to figure out something to get us through the doldrums here, the doldrums here for a while until the PGA Championship. Yeah, and you and I also started golf season as we're both coaches too this week. So, yeah, well, if you want to call it that, we've been in the gym for <laughs> forever and we, we got to meet tomorrow. We got meet number one tomorrow, Fox Holly. Me too, baby. Yep. All right. All right, listeners. Take care. Yep. Keep it real. Maybe today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold G. Well, you hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Look at this shot. It was amazing. Break 80.